Hello, heathens, and welcome to Spinning the Wheel podcast with me, your Leviathan host, Megan Angus. And this week, we are going to be discussing in bulk season, New Black Moon in Pisces, Lunar Week 5. All right, before we get into the meat of it all, or the lack of meat, as we will uh, <laughs> discuss later the, in the podcast, um, I have about 150,000 things coming up this month, and I would absolutely love it if you joined me. Uh, next week, uh, March 8th, 9th, and 10th, I am teaching three standalone tarot workshops. The first one is going to be discussing uh, the major arcana and how those cards all work together. Second night, we're going to be talking about working with reversals in tarot. And the third night, we're going to be talking about the history of the connections between uh, tarot and astrology. And we are going to be looking at how to read your natal chart like a tarot reading. I'm very excited about these classes. Also coming up this month, I'm going to be doing a short talk with Stone Circle Collective. This is a, a group of death doulas um, who are getting together to kind of try to revolutionize the spiritual aspects of doing death work. I'm going to be doing a short talk with those folks. I'm also very excited to say that uh, over Ostara weekend, so March 19th and March 20th, I'm going to be co-teaching a broom making class for Ostara with my good friend, Abby at Broomcraft. Uh, you can get tickets to that and your kit for making your broom through broomcraft.com. I will uh, leave a link for that in the description for this podcast. We also are going to have our Ostara class uh, this month. So we're going to be talking about Ostara, obviously, soon enough, spring equinox right around the corner. And last but not least, we will have a monthly tarot circle. Uh, the subject of that yet to be determined. Um, tarot Circle is a free monthly offering and uh, community building event that I love to host uh, through my Patreon. It is a free event for anybody who is subbed to my Patreon and folks who are subbed at the $9 and higher level, Venus level, uh, have access to the recording later on. Um, if you want more, uh, you can always sign up uh, for my newsletter, my irregular newsletter at my website. Um, check out the blog on my website and the various classes that I've got offered there. You can also sign up to my Patreon. I don't mind. It's really cool, actually. <laughs> we do all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, lots of free stuff. Lots and lots of free stuff. You get discounts, get free readings with me. And on that note, if you are looking for guidance uh, in this season, book a reading with me. Book a tarot reading, book an astrology reading. Let's talk. Let's get into the meat of it, right? Let's get into the nitty and the gritty. Uh, if you love this podcast, you can support this work through Patreon. Thank you to all of my patrons. You guys make it possible for me to do this podcast every week and uh, offer the Wheel of the Year classes for free now through YouTube, which is pretty fucking cool, guys. Uh, so, you know, thanks. You can also leave a review on your podcast service, wherever it is that you listen to this. And if you're feeling especially heretical, you can give it a five-star rating. Five, of course, being an extremely occult number. Uh, I'll have links for everything in the description of this episode. That's probably enough of the shill on with the shoe, shall we?
Okay. As I like to do every week at the start of the podcast, let's ground ourselves in the work that we are still doing here in in bulk season. We are touching base with archetypes, gods and goddesses, uh, magical practices, meditations, vision quests, all of that stuff that brings us into renewal or excuse me, perseverance, renewal, purification, and dream work. Uh, these are all the works that we want to be focused on in this season. And when we look around at holidays and festivals and feast days, past and present, we see renewal, purification, and rededication um, of our, our spiritual practices and philosophical practices all around the planet throughout time. So um, this stuff is stuff that folks have been working on and are working on regardless of their belief system, um, just about regardless of their belief system uh, all over the world. This is what's up for in bulk season, especially these last few weeks of winter before we shift into spring. Um, as we've said before, these last four weeks of winter are ruled by Pisces. Pisces is a mutable sign and our mutable signs are kind of the signal to us uh, that we are about to go through a change, that it is time to shift and adapt and change shape. Uh, it might be that the old shape needs to be let go so a new shape can be brought in. It might be simply that the current shape needs to be radically adapted to whatever is coming next. Um, but, you know, think about the life you lead in winter and think about the life that you lead in spring. There's a big shift that happens there, right? We put away clothes, we sleep different, we eat different food, uh, we, we have different activity levels, all of that stuff. So spiritually, psychologically, philosophically, we want to reflect that in our practices. Um, and we may do it regardless of whether we're consciously aware of it or not. <laughs> it's kind of one of the wild things about spiritual practices. Like, I'm just doing this. <laughs> I didn't even know that I was doing this. Um, and also, before we get into everything with this week, um, I want to send, and I hope you will join me, in sending love, peace, and power to all people of the world fleeing from and dealing with warring governments everywhere. War is a racket. Just gonna say that. You know me, I'm your leftist witch. I don't buy any of that bullshit. <laughs> Uh, there are no good guys in this situation. Um, the, or we could say that the only, the only good guys in this situation are the average folks that are on the street. Sending love to Russia, sending love to the Ukraine, but we're sending love to Syria and Yemen and Palestine, right? We're sending love to Darfur. We're sending love to our Native American friends in Canada, we're sending love all over the world. People are being oppressed and beat down and trampled by the agenda of fascism, the agenda of the patriarchy, the agenda of capitalism and, and um, progress, quote unquote. So just that, right? In the midst of us doing our personal work, in the midst of us doing our work with our friends and family in our community, and we're thinking about the future that we want to be building, 
we really, really, really do as witches, as magical people have the capacity to escape this world. We have the capacity to, to spin a wild ass fantasy for ourselves and cloak ourselves in, uh, you know, magical meanderings and whatnot. And I think that that is some of the least useful stuff we could do right now. Um, what is the point of learning all of these things? What is the point of developing this awareness of self or this, um, this capacity? What is the point of developing your power if you're not going to help people with it? What's the point? It's just uh, jerking off and navel gazing, right? So, you know, jerking off and navel gazing is cool. It's, it has its place, but at the end of the day, I am very much of a mind that whatever it is that we have done for ourselves to develop ourselves, to heal ourselves, very important, powerful work, but it isn't always just for ourselves. It is also so that we become better members of the society that we're in. And when we are faced with moments of destruction and oppression like this, and we've been faced with them for quite some time now. Um, you know, we could say decades or even centuries, right? Um, these are the times when we kind of need to uh, pull on our witch caps and start waving the wand around. <laughs> okay. So this week starts on March 2nd with a new black moon in Pisces at 12 degrees at 9.34 a.m. Pacific Standard Time later in the day for everybody else around the planet. Why is this a black new moon? Because technically this new moon should have happened in February, but it didn't. February technically had no new moons. So this makes this a black new moon. Um, the concept of a black new moon, there's four or five different definitions. We're going to have another one at the end of the month for some folks around the planet, because we will have another new moon on March 31st, giving us two new moons in a month. And that second new moon in a month can also be described as a black moon. Okay. What does it mean? I don't know. It's just spooky. But some witches do really like practicing magic on the specialty new moons. Uh, there's a, an extra level of potency, so say some folks. Okay. So what are we doing with our lunar process? Well, at the new moon, we are always coming back to the seed. We are coming back to the beginning of a thing. And our new moon in Pisces is absolutely the seed that we are planting that we are ultimately going to be fostering and harvesting as we move through spring and then summer and into fall and ultimately into winter. So here at the very, very, very tail end of the old energy circuit, we're planting the seeds for the new energy circuit that we're going to be running through. And working with a new moon in Pisces, it is all about dreaming. I know I just gave you a big old lecture on don't just daydream, do stuff for the community. But this is the part where, yes, daydream. <laughs> um, you know, we 
get this opportunity to kind of turn inward a final time before the riotous growth of spring begins. So this is our opportunity to dream and to fantasize and to imagine the new world coming for ourselves. We've been talking about this kind of imagery for a while now because we have this really mega transit of Jupiter rolling through Pisces, uh, going to conjunct Neptune in Pisces at some point very dreamy, uh, almost feels too good to be true kind of stuff, right? Um, so we have this assistance on the astrological level, or if we want to think of these um, planets as deities, as gods and goddesses, we have assistance from the gods, right? We have assistance from these big archetypes that we work with. Normally in really abstract ways, they're really coming close to us right now and are like, tell us your dreams, Tell us your visions. What's your fantasy? Um, this is a fantastic time to really dream and fantasize as big as possible, as unrealistically as possible. Yes, I said unrealistically as possible. Um, when we finally start to manifest our dream for this year, when we finally start to uh, put the building blocks into place, we know that we're going to have to lose some of the parts, right? We're probably not going to be able to bring all of it through, which is why I want to dream as big as possible. I want to have the largest collection of seeds to choose from possible because I know I'm not going to be able to choose them all, but you know, let me get the very, very coolest ones, right? Let's get it in there. So this new moon is really giving us some space to just deeply push into all bets are off. Nothing, nothing holding me back. Everything is a green light go. What would I ask for of this year? If I could have anything I wanted for real, for real, what would I actually ask for? What would I try to create for myself? What would I try to create for my people, this planet, our species, that thing? Why not? Why not? Let's just do it. <laughs> for our Pisces lunar body work at the new moon, we are awakening, activating, adorning, stimulating, preparing for action our legs, especially our ankles and our feet in particular, right? And these are the tools that we're going to walk the path with. So let us bless our toes and bless our feet and bless our, <laughs> our dry heels, <laughs> um, you know, and, and be ready to walk the path, right? We're asking for it to be laid out in front of us. Let's prepare ourselves to walk it. Uh, as I say every week, I am not a medical doctor. I am a doctor of the cosmos. Uh, so if you are wanting to incorporate any of the advice um, or ideas here in the lunar body work, check with your trusted health practitioner. For our plant body work, we are planting, transplanting, or grafting annual flowers and fruit and veg that bear crops above ground. So your tomatoes, your squash, your stuff that's going to have flowers, all of that stuff. Okay. Um, for our astrology on this day, we have some interesting astrology this week. We have a series of conjunctions. 
um, that are bringing together uh, some interesting astrological bodies and ideas. And so on this day, we have a conjunction between Mercury and Saturn in Aquarius at 19 degrees. This is, um, this is like really, really cautious thinking. Um, if you are working on something this day that needs precision, fantastic. Um, but, uh, this conjunction can also bring a little too much caution to our thinking, a little too much caution to our, um, hopes and our imaginative capacities. So, you know, while the moon is in Pisces, I'm really encouraging you to dive in on the daydream stuff. And yet this conjunction between Mercury and Saturn is like, no, I need to be thinking practical. I need to shut it down. In fact, this is a, a signature can, that can, um, you know, really get us into a place of like, I'm going to eschew anything hopeful and I'm just going to go for things that are practical. So what I want to encourage you is to shut that down as much as possible. Like, nope, we're going for the full fantasy, totally ridiculous imagination moment here. But where this Mercury conjunct Saturn could be really helpful in that process is getting really precise in the fantasy. Like, list out the details of exactly how incredible it gets. Utilize it in that way. And if you start to see yourself thinking pragmatically in this moment um, and thinking to yourself like, oh, that's not practical. Hush, we're not, we're not doing practical right now. Thank you for your opinion, but we're not doing practical right now. If we're working on something out here in the physical real world, I need to get this job done. Uh, my coworker is asking me for advice on this project that we're working on. This Mercury conjunct Saturn, I think, could be really, really helpful for our precision. But again, we want to be listening to where Saturn might be trying to shut it down in terms of being too hopeful or too open-minded about things. We want to keep that, that air moving as much as possible. Okay, let us go and take a moment with the holy days of March. What? Second. Yes. <laughs> Running from March 2nd to April 14th this year, we have, from our Catholic friends and ancestors, Lent. Uh, this is a 46-ish day uh, celebration that uh, comes on the heels of Carnival and Carnival season, wherein there is a, a purification through abstinence and mortification, which ultimately delivers folks to Easter. Lent uh, ends at Easter. Um, and there is some wild ass math trying to figure out exactly when Lent is going to happen every year. <laughs> it's, it's pretty, it's pretty exceptional. Um, but yes, a uh, month ish, actually more than a month, almost a six week celebration there of uh, purification, fasting, mortification, ultimately preparing the body for the delivering of uh, the Easter surprise. <laughs> and it kicks off with Ash Wednesday, which comes after Mardi Gras, which means Fat Tuesday. That was yesterday or March 1st. Um, also from our Catholic friends and ancestors. This is the start of Lent season. Ash Wednesday marks the beginning of the Lent season. Uh, devout Christians view it as a holy day of prayer. Um, folks can engage in fasting and repentance, praying for forgiveness, things like that. Even those who don't fast during Lent uh, generally try to abstain from meat 
on two holy days during this season of abstinence, this day, Ash Wednesday, and Good Friday, which is the Friday before Easter, which we will talk about uh, in Ostara season as we get a little closer to it. And so here we have another holiday that um, emphasizes some kind of abstinence, fasting, uh, sustaining from, uh, abstaining, excuse me, from certain items. And we talked about this last week and the week before. Um, a lot of this has more to do with these food items going bad after so many months of storage from fall into winter. And now here we are at the very, very end of winter. And so there's this sense of if we don't eat this stuff now, um, it's going to go bad and we don't want to waste it. So um, in theory, we have or are about to uh, have had a week of indulgence, right? That's really kind of at the heart of the carnival season, which we talked about last week. This deep indulgence coming from, we got to use this stuff up because <laughs> we don't want to waste it. Um, we went through all the effort to make it and to get it. Let's, let's utilize it. But now, in theory, we've eaten up all the lard. We've eaten up all the meat products. We've eaten up all of the dairy products because we were afraid that they're going to go bad. And so now we are abstaining from those items until later in the year when we can start to make them again. That's what's up. Um, you know, eh, I'm not going to get into it. Fasting and all that stuff. I lose listeners every time I talk about it. <laughs> It's a racket. Okay, that's it. I'm leaving it. Okay. <laughs> also on this day, from March 2nd to March 5th, we have the maple ceremony from our Iroquois friends and ancestors. This is very similar to the Oneida ceremony that we talked about last week. And I have it posited here at uh, March 2nd through 5th. Really, this can happen anytime during this season. This is another um, maple tree awakening uh, giving thanks, asking for protection during the maple harvesting season, um, and then beginning the, the maple harvest. Also on this day, from our modern pagan calendars, which we love so much, we have Holy Wells Day. And this is dedicated to the um, Celtic or Irish goddess Keda or Keda. Um, we also have the Feast of Keda on this day, and this is a goddess of healing wells and springs, um, which we are going to see a lot of. We've already seen a lot of uh, symbolism around holy wells. We are going to continue to see more because, of course, we are now in Pisces season. Um, so we are really going to start to see a lot of oceanic and water being, water deities getting more and more attention. So here is one. There is not a lot of information on this goddess, or at least I have had a hard time finding information on this goddess. If anybody has a line on Keda, Kiata, C-E-A-D-D-A is how I understand their name to be spelled, or perhaps C-A-E-D-D-A. I would love to know more about them. Who are they related to? All that stuff. Currently, St. Chad has kind of taken the place of this goddess, but some folks think that St. Chad and, and his myths actually originate with this goddess and her symbolism and myths. We may never know, but curious, isn't it? Let us move on to March 3rd. March 3rd, our waxing moon is still in Pisces. So we are still hanging out doing our holy daydreaming, our holy fantasizing, um, 
you know, this is absolutely, as I said before, a time that that kind of activity is preferred, supported, enhanced. Perfect. This is the time to engage in that 100%. Pisces moments really are just incredibly magical and super, super spiritual. Um, so, you know, any kind of communing with your gods, goddesses, ancestors, guides, your elementals, your beings that you work with. And again, letting them know this is we we this is what we need this is what we want too though we don't just need what we need we need what we want as well <laughs> please with glitter <laughs> okay so let us move directly on to the astrology of this day which is a little spicy um what do we have going on we have mars and venus more or less conjunct in the sky conjunct Pluto in the sky at uh, 27 degrees of Capricorn. So let's first talk about how this could be spicy in ways that are not super exciting. Um, Mars conjunct Pluto can look like mega ego conflicts, mega power struggles. Uh, Venus conjunct Pluto can look like really weird moments of like needing to drum up drama because we're craving some kind of emotional intensity. And so we are like trying to stir the pot. Okay, that's where this can get really funky. If you have a love interest, if you have, you know, a person that you have emotional entanglements with of some sort or another, this could be a day where like you guys are screwing and fighting all day long. <laughs> like what is happening to us, <laughs> right? Really seeking intense physical and emotional exchanges with people. And so if we're seeking that with the wrong people or in the wrong environments, right, we might really be setting ourselves up for some funky power dynamics, some really spooky ego conflicts, some really yucky emotional drama that's just not helping anybody. If we, though, are working with people who are all about this and want to go to those spooky places with us, those really intense places with us, this could be an incredibly potent day of physical energy exchange and emotional energy exchange with other people who are down for the intensity and are like, yeah, let's go there. Let's see what happens. Could be a day of just really great sex with yourself or another person or people for that matter. Um, could be a really great day of diving deep into your emotional world and really you know, finding out what's down there, what's in the dark. Um, Venus generally has a hard time with Pluto. We might say that Venus feels a bit braver because Mars is here hanging out, uh, but that's assuming that Venus and Mars are getting along. V <laughs> Mars is uh, exalted in Capricorn. And so Mars in this uh, whole configuration here, potentially we could think of as being the most powerful planet with out of the three because it's in it's exalted it loves hanging out in capricorn thrilled so you know if mars is feeling friendly to everybody yeah right we're all about it the power is great we're having fun with the intensity rah 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 uh but if we're not necessarily feeling great with the mars energy it could feel very like whoa this is too intense why are you being so mean this is really aggressive what's going on so uh, are we going to see that kind of stuff play out on the world stage? <laughs> okay. Holy days for March 
third. From our Shinto friends and ancestors, we have the holiday of Hinamatsuri. This is actually not just a holiday. It's a multi-day festival. Uh, it's also called Dolls Day or Girls Day, and this is a religious holiday in Japan. Um, the gig is that uh, platforms are set up in the house covered with red material and are used to display a set of ornamental dolls. And the dolls represent the emperor, the empress, various attendants and musicians in a traditional, or excuse me, in traditional court dress of a particular period in Japanese history. Um, and I think that this is interesting for a variety of reasons. One, uh, Japan really has this just absolutely incredible sense of their own history and a treasuring of their own history. And knowing all the little details of exactly how that royal court would have, you know, uh, coordinated itself and dressed and all that, I just think it's really interesting. But also, we have the symbolism of a, a holy marriage or a sacred marriage of some type between archetypal figures, right? The empress and the emperor, two people that we work with a lot in tarot in spring season. Now, these emperors and empresses are not the same figures, but they archetypally kind of are the same figures. So I just think it's a very, it, it's, it's very interesting to me. <laughs> this holiday is also called Joshinoseku. Um, and again, that's, this word means doll festival. Uh, this is something that the girls in the family are encouraged to participate in. The collection of, of dolls often were passed down through the family, through the women. Um, but once a girl turns 10, uh, the family generally stops doing it. Um, so it, it's a very interesting kind of youth-oriented, you know, it, it's interesting, it's cool stuff. Also on this day, from our Teutonic friends and ancestors, we have Aegir's Day. Aegir uh, was a god, or is a god, in the Teutonic slash Norse pantheon. Um, and he is the ruler of the ocean. His home was deep down below the tossing waves where the water is calm and still. And we don't have time to get into it, but there is a really cool myth around Aegir, specifically that um, uh, he wanted to throw a party for the Norse gods and goddesses. And, but, you know, at the bottom of the sea, right? And I was having a hard time finding a container large enough to hold all the mead that the gods and goddesses would want to drink. And eventually they discover that there is a giant who owns a cauldron called Mile Deep because the cauldron is a mile deep. Uh, and and interesting adventures ensue in the gods trying to get a hold of this cauldron so that they can have a raging party at the bottom of the ocean. Very Norse, right? Uh, <laughs> like, yep, that, that all checks out. But what I think the important piece here is, is that uh, Aegir is connected in his myth to the idea of this massive cauldron, a symbol that is extremely important to us here in In Bulk Season. All right, let us move on to March 4th. Okay. March 4th, it's a Friday. So this uh, kicks off our weekend for the lunar week. And we have our waxing moon entering Aries. Now, we are going to be moving out of our just fantasizing, not just, but you know, 
what I'm saying. We're moving out of the fantasy mode and we're moving into the let's fucking do it mode. Um, first and foremost, though, as this moon steps into Aries, we are really kind of challenged with the question of what do I still believe in? What am I still passionate about? Um, this is really important work for us. It's a really important check-in at this time of year. We are going to have a new moon in Aries uh, at the end of March. Um, so this is kind of like a preamble. We get like a month to sort of prepare for that new moon in Aries with starting here with this waxing moon in Aries. And <clears throat> And we're checking in on what do we still believe in? What are we still passionate about? What are we still fired up about? And I know I have a lot of audacity to ask that question after everything we've all been through and everything that seems to be facing us in the future. But here I am. <laughs> that witch. Um, because uh, as we move into spring, as we move forward with our lives and into this next year of work, um, we're going to need to be fired up about some stuff. We're going to need to be passionate about things. And we also, as I have been really pounding on during winter season, we need to be making sure that we are putting our time, our energy, our love, our money, our spiritual energy, our psychic and psychological energy, right? Our emotional support into the people and the situations and the things that deserve it and not into the things that don't deserve it, that are harming us, that are harming our communities, that are harming our people, harming the planet, right? Screw you. We're done with that bullshit. So on this moon, we are asking, after all of this, <laughs> after everything that we've been through, I know that I still care about some stuff. It might be a super short list, and you know what? That's okay. If it's your cat, your best friend, and your favorite TV show on Netflix, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> that's totally fine. Does not need to be a long list of stuff. But we want to get centered. We want to get focused in here um, on what still matters to us, what is still precious, what is still important to us, because that needs to be front and center as we move through the miasma of and the maya of distractions and illusions, consumerism, war, all of the bullshit that they're throwing at us, right? Um, we need to be able to say, stay strong internally and say, nope, I know you're trying to distract me with some bullshit. This is still a priority to me. It will always be a priority to me. You can't take that from me. It's This is my passion. This is my fire that I carry through the world. You can't put it out. And this is a fantastic moon for starting some projects, some little projects, but starting nonetheless. And I think of these projects that we might want to start on this moon as very small warm-ups for when we actually start the bigger projects, the, the big things that we're going to be accomplishing this year. But this is a fantastic moon for either continuing to work on the plan for the bigger projects that are coming up and or for engaging in a little project that we can see the start, middle, and finish of and kind of like stretching the muscle of project management in ourselves, right? Stretching the muscle of, I have an idea and I'm going to manifest it in the world. Let's, let's 
remember how to do that again. Let's give that a shot. That might be something like you decide that you're going to take apart, clean and reorganize and put back together a room in your house or even a section of a room in your house, right? It's like, ugh, I've been dealing about thinking about this project for a while. This is a great move for something like that. Again, as a practice session for really engaging the the muscles in you that are the project muscles. Okay. When we are doing our lunar body work with the moon in uh, Aries waxing, we are awakening, activating, adorning, and stimulating and preparing for action. The head, the hair, the scalp, the eyes, and the sinuses. These are the parts of the body that are ruled by Aries, particularly the head, like the brain, literally, and the eyes, because we are bringing the vision into the mind and we are setting our sights on the goal, right? We are looking across the valley of bullshit to the mountaintop of success, <laughs> way the hell over there. <laughs> Very Aries business. And while we are working with this waxing moon in Aries for our plant body work, we are harvesting, we're doing pest control, uh, disease control. We might be wowing, excuse me, we might be plowing, weeding, or pruning for above ground uh, growth and support. Uh, there is no astrology of note for March 4th. So let us get directly into the holy days. All right. From our pagan and Celtic friends and ancestors, we have the Feast of Rhiannon. Rhiannon is an incredible goddess. She is intelligent, politically strategic. She's beautiful um, and was famed or is famed for her wealth and her generosity. Uh, she is also strongly associated with horses. So is her son, Pryderi. And some sources connect her to the Gaulish horse goddess Epona. Other sources are like, nope, they're totally separate. So, you know, jury's out on that one. But um, what I do think is interesting is as we move through uh, the end of winter, the end of Imbolc season, aka Pisces season, and we see more and more ocean stuff going on, ocean deities being uh, worshipped and represented, we also start to see horses coming in. And there is a deep connection throughout uh, Western tradition and myth of the horse horses and the ocean. So interesting stuff there. Is that connected? I don't know. I just think it's an interesting coincidence that Rhiannon, often connected with horse imagery uh, at the same time as all of this oceanic stuff is happening in the background. Okay. From our Chinese friends and ancestors, we have the Zhongyi Festival. This is a traditional Chinese festival held on the second day of the second month of the Chinese calendar. It means dragon raising its head because the dragon was regarded as the deity in charge of rain, an important factor in ancient agriculture. Also, as we've talked about, in bulk season is the season of storms and rain as winter changes into spring. Um, but also what I love about this is that the dragon is uh, connected to the archetype of the world serpent. And this is Typhon, uh, who is also Tiamat, who possibly is also uh, embedded in our Pisces constellation and symbolism. So not to say that this is exactly the same, but very interesting that these two uh, civilizations are working with the same type of imagery. From our 
friends and ancestors in Bali, we have the day of Nayepi. This is the day of silence. This is a public holiday in Indonesia. It is a day of silence, fasting, and meditation. So here again, another holiday in this season, uh, recommending fasting, silence, meditation, all of that stuff. Um, and it's basically a cleaning out of the energy before New Year's, which is the next day. Um, which is a big celebration. So this is like a rest, like people will put out their cooking fires. They don't turn on uh, electric lights. Like it's like the whole country just shuts down for a day. Goddess bless. I wish as if our country could never, <laughs> could you imagine having an entire day where everybody in the community is like, Hey, we need to like shut it down for a day and just like chill take a nap, be quiet, do some meditation, just be in your own space, a whole ass country. Some folks have it figured out and some folks don't. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> From our Roman friends and ancestors on this day, we have the festival of Matronalia. And this festival kicks off a whole bunch of stuff that the Romans did on this day. So Matronalia was a festival celebrating Juno Lucina, uh, which is the goddess Juno in her childbirthing aspect. Uh, Juno, who brings children into the light, specifically. Uh, Juno of motherhood, mater, is the mother uh, of light in Latin. Uh, and a festival celebrating women in general. In original Roman calendars, uh, this was traditionally thought to been, have been established by Romulus, you know, that fancy person. Um, it was always the first day of the year in this particular Roman calendar. So also on this day, we have the Dies Natalis of the Temple of Juno Lucina. We have a supplication. We've talked about the Dies Natalis a whole bunch. That's the birthday of the temple itself, the actual building itself. We have a supplication to Vesta. Vesta is a fire goddess. Uh, she is the goddess of the hearth, a.k.a. the heart of the home and the heart of the family. And so there is an offering to this goddess here on the first day of the year. We have the Fairy of Mars. And this is the first one. Um, and this is basically just like a festival for Mars, a festival for this deity, horse races, games, etc. Um and this, of course, marks Calendae Marche or Martier from our Roman uh, ancestors, a.k.a. the beginning of the month of March. This is also um, from our Greek calendars, but specifically the Athenian calendar. I, I, should, I should say more often that the Greek calendar that I follow for this podcast is the Athenian calendar. And there are other Greek calendars that have absolutely nothing to do with it. <laughs> Greek Greece was like a whole bunch of little worlds collected together and everybody just kind of did their own thing. <laughs> so you'll look at a calendar from one city and compare it to a calendar from a different city and it is radically different. <laughs> so the calendar that I am usually referring to here is the Athenian AKA from Athens, the city of Athens, the Athenian calendar. Uh, and here it is Elaphabolion. Um, Elephabolion is the month that is starting here from our uh, Greek ancestor calendars, um, named for um, 
Diana Ifabolia or Ilafabolia, uh, who is the a deer hunter, Diana the deer hunter. Also on this day, from our Catholic uh, friends and ancestors, we ha have St. Casimir's Day. Don't really have anything too much to say about this saint, but he has a day on this day. He has a day on this day, is what I just said. <laughs> All right, let's move on to March 5th before this gets any worse. <laughs> okay, March 5th. Our waxing moon is still hanging out in Aries, so we are still doing that, you know, all fired up kind of uh, gig with our moon in Aries. So let us move directly on to the astrology of this day, which is another conjunction. We have the sun conjunct Jupiter in Pisces at 14 degrees. Um, so where where is this good and where could this be a problem? Let's talk about the problem first because it's pretty small. This is a, a moment where we might be saying yes too many times. We may have too many good offers showing up for us, and we're like, yes, 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 to everything. <laughs> Give it to me, yes. Because <laughs> um, that's what happens with Jupiter. More is more with Jupiter, right? And the sun is how we identify. It's our sense of self. And so this is very much a like, oh, I'm getting all of these positive offers. I'm getting all this positive feedback. I must be... Uh, it must be that I'm supposed to say yes and claim all all of these things, not necessarily. So that's where this transit could be a little uh, like, uh. but for the most part, posy vibes, bro, posy vibes, like all day long, posy vibes. Shit's chill. We feel good. We feel positive about ourselves. We feel positive about our capacity. It's a very why not. It's a very like, sure, we can totally make it work kind of a moment. Um, more is more on this day. More is good, generally speaking. But again, check yourself and make sure that you aren't saying yes to too many things. We want to say yes to a lot of stuff, but we don't want to, you know, stretch out our O-holes, right? <laughs> also on this day, we have Mars and Venus conjunct entering Aquarius, well, as we talked about previously, with this Mars-Venus conjunction that's happening day after day after day, at this point, they're going to start to break apart and and Venus is going to scoot ahead. Mars is going to hang behind. But we've had this ongoing conjunction for a while now, and then they're entering Aquarius together, which is really cute. So humping, you know, hanging out, making out, uh, making art, making love, still very much on the agenda of this day. Um, Venus in Aquarius wants an aesthetic that is independent, that's a little radical, that's very unique, um, avant-garde, the new thing, that kind of stuff. Mars in Aquarius can sometimes be a little erratic. Our energy or our thinking can be a little like, bam, 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 kind of bouncing from one place to the next. But in general, I love this. I think it's really, really cool. Um, Mars stepping out of Aquarius, or excuse me, Mars stepping out of Capricorn where, as we talked about previously, it is exalted, kind of takes a little of the energy away from Mars, so it mellows out a little bit. Um, and Venus is fine hanging out in Aquarius, no big deal. So together, kind of a nice aesthetic, right? A little bit of a mellowing of the energy, a little bit of like, hey, let's get into something kind of weird. Let's get into something a little radical. Also, humanitarian, right? So Mars and Venus both are looking for something here that is unique, 
emphasizing the individual over the group, but is also like, what needs to change? What needs to be revolutionized here? What needs to be shaken up because it has calcified a little too much? So Mars and Venus are also coming in with that energy too. All right, let us move directly on at that point. Because that's it. That's that's all we got. Waxy Moon and Aries. That's our astrology. Sun conjunct Jupiter. Mars and Venus conjunct and walking into Aquarius together. So cute. So let us look for a moment at the holy days. Uh, well, what do we have? Not too much. Pretty chill. Um, we have the heliacal rising of the fixed star, Akernar. Uh, this star is located in the mouth of the river, a.k.a. the Eridanus constellation. The traditional name of this star comes from the Arabic Akhir and Nir, which means the end of the river. So again, more of this water body symbolism coming through here in Pisces season at the end of winter, at the end of uh, in bulk season. Also on this day from our friends and ancestors in Bali, as well as our friends and ancestors in Indonesia, we have Omed Omadan in Indonesia. This is Nembak Jenny, and this is New Year's for, for these folks. This is the New Year's celebration in Bali specifically. As I said, it's called Omed Omadan, and this is the kissing festival where young folks go out in the streets and make out. <laughs> right here on this same day with venus and mars conjunct hanging out entering aquarius uh i'm sure it's just coincidence as we like to say here on the podcast <laughs> super super cute of course we have covid um you know so the festival has been called off unfortunately for the last few years i believe that they are not doing it again this year um but i also believe that they are doing a facsimile, a something like it, but not exactly it, uh, to, you know, honor the symbolism of generating that energy of fertility and virility um, as we step into spring, right? We've been doing lots of festivals and lots of celebrations that are like waking up the body, waking up the virility, waking up the fertility, waking up the spirit, bringing the fire back to the body, that stuff. So here's more of that. Also on this day from our UK friends and ancestors, specifically the Catholics, we have St. Piron's Day. Um, not much to say about Piron, except that they were credited for rediscovering uh, the uh, metallurgical sciences of smelting tin, of, of pulling tin out of rocks and using it to make stuff. Tin is uh, connected to the planet Jupiter, and we have the sun conjunct Jupiter today. That is literally a coincidence, but you know, <laughs> you gotta love it, right? I love it. Ah, <laughs> oh, let's move on to March 6th. But before that, how about an ad? Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, if you love this podcast, you can support this work through Patreon. Thank you a bajillion billion times. See, the, the sirens are going off even as I say it. Um, thank you so, so much to my patrons. Um, you guys don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know. Thank you so much. Uh, you can sub for as little as a dollar if you just think this podcast is dope and you want to support it. Uh, I don't run ads on the podcast. Um 
partly because I don't want to, and partly because I won't get paid even if I do. Uh, so screw them, man. Um, you can sub, as I said, for as little as a buck or $5, even if you want to just support the podcast. And this is plenty of information. But if you want even more information, um, you know, extra podcasts, extra videos, extra information about the Wheel of the Year, magical practices, tarot, etc., etc., uh, subbing at the higher levels, you get all kinds of cool free stuff. And at the even higher levels, uh, you get free readings every month with me um, to be able to integrate all of this information into your personal life based on what's going on in your natal chart and all of that other good stuff. Join and change your life forever or, you know, whatever. Thanks so much for the support. If you can't support financially, I completely understand because life sucks on earth right now. It's too expensive for everything. Um, tell a friend, share it on social media, uh, give it a thumbs up. If you're feeling especially hedonistic, you can leave a rating or a review. All right. That's the end of the ad. Let's get back to the podcast. Okay. March 6th. This brings us to a waxing crescent moon in Taurus at zero degrees at 1.29 a.m. Pacific Standard Time later in the night, morning, and day for everybody else around the planet. So we have officially left the new moon phase and we are officially stepping into the waxing crescent phase. And what do we have here? This is the sprout, right? This is a moment of expansion and a questioning from our process to us of can we pull away from the past what of the past needs to be brought through but in what ways do we need to break from the past and kind of blaze a new trail or forge a new pathway for ourselves and with this waxing moon in taurus specifically it really supports small scale work and cultivation so exactly what I was talking about with our Aries moon, this is a great time to start a small project, something that is almost too small, right? You're like, oh, I can totally manage this. Excellent. Perfect. Um, because again, we are waking up and exercising the project muscles in us and remembering again, oh, right, this is how I project manage. This is how I decide what I'm going to do and make a boundary for myself and, you know, parent myself through the process of da, 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 that thing. Pick something tiny. Oh, I'm going to grow something from a seed and plant it in a pot in my windowsill. Right? Small scale. Not, I'm going to totally just super casually reinvent my entire life. No, not yet. <laughs> we'll get there. This is not the moon for that. <laughs> we want to practice, right? Let me reorganize the silverware drawer. You get it. You get it, girl. You <laughs> know, <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Small scale work and cultivation. And specifically, uh, the actual work that we are doing is not that work. The actual work that we are doing is remembering or reconnecting to the feeling of ownership that we feel when we have cultivated a thing or changed a thing or brought a thing into being. We're like, oh my gosh. So like, you know, and it's a, it's a thing that mo nearly all of us are going to experience. We take ownership of a thing, right? Let's say that you decide that your small scale work that you're going to do for this moment is um, you are going to plan to uh, clean up your corner park, 
And by clean up, I mean literally pick up trash. Uh, if there are people that live in the park, we're leaving them alone. Or perhaps we are offering them some assistance as part of our project, right? Again, we don't want to get too big. Pick a few parts. Pick a few people to work with. Pick a plan. Pick a day. Pick a time. Pick a start, middle, finish and go do it. But also as you do it, let's say you're going to sweep the sidewalks, right? Or whatever it is. Witness yourself feeling ownership of this space or this moment or this project or this thing that's happening. Just witness the process of like, this is mine now. I care about it. This has come under my auspices. This is my responsibility. That thing. It's, it's funny, but it's also really, really cool. And it's something that we are going to want to tap into later. So this is just a good practice run for all of that stuff. For our lunar body work with our waxing crescent in Taurus, we are awakening, adorning, activating, stimulating, and preparing for action. The ears, the mouth, the teat, the, the teat. <laughs> sure. Also the teeth. <laughs> our throats, our necks, and our shoulders to an extent, more where the shoulder connects to the neck. This is all the places on the body that Taurus rules, specifically the parts of our body and the processes in our body that are all about speech and hearing. So taking information in and then communicating it to other people. I know, sounds like a Mercury thing, but it's actually Taurus in this part. Um, and then the teats as well, <laughs> apparently. The gods have spoken. I don't know what to say. I was channeling and I, I can't be held responsible. Okay. <laughs> For our plant body work with this waxing crescent in Taurus, we are planting, transplanting, or grafting our annual flowers and our fruit and our vegetables that are going to be bearing crops above ground. So this is a fantastic moon for getting those seeds started, um, either, as I said before, as our little projects or the beginning of the beginning of our big projects. Um, but stuff that's going to bear fruit above ground or bear product above ground. So our herbs, our flowers, and all of our fruits and veg that, that grow above the soil. Okay. Also on this day in astrology, we have Mercury square the North node in Taurus at 24 degrees. So is this super fun? No, not always. Um, what can this manifest as overanalyzing? overthinking, over-intellectualizing, um, brainification out the wazoo. Um, it really can, it, it really can look like that. But in particular, where is the brain choosing to do this? In places where we are possibly talking ourselves out of a major step that is actually in the direction of our life's purpose. We might be really trying to distract ourselves from the goal with too many details. We might be really freaked out about how much pursuing this goal would make us stand out. And we have a real desire to fit in. And so we're trying to like shave off our edges to be able to fit in with the group um, and fit in with our people and not stand out as somebody that's special or different or unique in any way, even though, of course, we all are. 
Um, so anytime we have a square to the North node, it can feel like a, a moment of doubting our path, a moment of, you know, door number three has opened and we're like, is that for me? And in this moment, we're like, no, that can't be for me. Is that for me? Oh man, that made too hard. I don't know. Ooh, I'm freaked out now. So just witness yourself. Witness on this day, if you have a conversation with somebody that's like, hey, I really see a lot of potential in you. Have you ever thought about doing blah? And you're like, oh. <laughs> and the internal dialogue, the negative internal dialogue starts to kick in on all the reasons why this person's wrong and it would never work anyways. And I'm going to look like a fool if I try that. Okay. Let those voices say all of that stuff. It doesn't mean they're right. <laughs> in that moment, we may need to just acknowledge, hey, wow, I have a lot of internal dialogue that's really negative, that's really pessimistic, that's really scared, right? Ultimately, right? Like, why am I negative? Why am I pessimistic? Probably because I've had some bad experiences and I don't want to end up there again, um, right? Fear ultimately is at the root of our, of our negativity sometimes in, internally. And so this could be a day that stirs up a lot of that stuff for us, that stirs up a lot of like, oh, gosh, uh, ugh, I don't know. I don't think that's for me. In fact, let me backtrack a couple of steps because I'm getting too far down the road. And yet, right, I think sometimes these moments are, are really here for us to illustrate to ourselves, here's places where I still have a lot of work to do. Here, specifically, let me not just think, oh, I have negative talk, but let me be curious about exactly what kind of negative talk is coming up. I don't have to act on it. I know that it's not true, um, but my brain is really excited to shut it down right? <laughs> and, and, get, and stay freaked out about it. So let me, in whatever way is healthy and safe, as I always say, witness my internal negative dialogue that I have around this event or this conversation or this thing that feels like a challenge from the universe to like rise up to my potential. And here comes all of my internal negative dialogue on why I can't or shouldn't or never will rise up to this potential and just witness it. Just witness it. You might write it down. You might not, but just witness it. And then after that, I would give yourself a nice soothing piece of candy of some kind. Um, you know, a lot of love of like, Hey, I hear you. You are totally wrong, but I totally hear you. <laughs> We are not anywhere near as bad as uh, we want to believe right now. We actually have a ton of potential and this event or the situation is totally meant for us and we are completely capable of rising to this occasion, but I'm scared. I'm freaked out. I'm destabilized and I hear that. All these things can be true all at the same time. Um, is my internal negative dialogue true? Probably not. But is it coming from a place that's a true source of fear or in, you know, insecurity or whatever. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how can I sit with all of that in this moment and not actually let myself walk backwards away from these wonderful things that are meant for me and I deserve that stuff. Okay. Let us get into the holy days of March 6th. Okay, from our Oneida friends and ancestors, we have the festival of Otsike Ta Ti Enele Tu. This is uh, 
part of the maple harvesting ceremony. So it could be happening on this day. It could be happening significantly later in the season. But this uh, takes place once the camps finish harvesting the maple sap, which we know only lasts for a few weeks, and everything is cleaned. The faith keepers select a time for the people to give thanks for the harvest. Uh, the maple sap is distributed to everybody to be used as medicine, uh, to drink, and to give thanks. And then uh, the two great feather dances are done as a way to honor the maple trees and um, to thank creation's cooperation during the harvesting of the sap, uh, to thank for everybody staying safe, for it to be um, a delicious harvest and an abundant harvest and a harvest that is going to be uh, bring healing and all of that good stuff. Pretty cool. Also on this day from our pagan friends and ancestors, we have Mars Day. Um, as we've talked about in the past with our modern Wheel of the Year calendars, we have a lot of days uh, marked to uh, honor particular gods and goddesses that are relatively within the time period of when those gods and goddesses would have been worshipped in the past or had festivals in the past. So if you have no interest whatsoever in doing the math of when exactly like the Ferre of Mars would have been by the Romans, um, you can just mark one of these days in March. M-A-R, March, is Mar, is Mars. This is the month named for this planet. So any time in Mars, March, Marth, Marth, it's an, it's a, an appropriate time for <laughs> celebrating and honoring the god Mars. Mars, of course, a currently god of war. Uh, and, you know, has a lot of reputation for being very fiery, very spicy, very passionate, very aggressive. But I think it is extremely important for us to remember that before Mars was a god of war, they were a god of agriculture. And isn't that an interesting thing to think about Mars being posited at this time of year where we're doing all of this waking up the land thing. Now think about the metaphors of aggression and fiery power and all of that stuff. Um, in farming, right? <laughs> in planting seeds, in urging crops to come up through the ground, that stuff. But also we know that a lot of military campaigns begin in the ancient world and unfortunately in the modern world at this time of year because, or at least in the Northern Hemisphere, because the days are growing longer, there's more daylight, the weather is becoming more temperate. So temperatures in general are nicer for beings, being out in the world and doing stuff, um, et cetera, et cetera. So all of that. Um, let us worship Mars on this day as uh, they their original um place as an agricultural god, right? I think we have enough of uh, all of that other stuff that Mars can bring us. Also on this day from our European friends and ancestors, we have Bergbrennen. Mostly this is folks in uh, Lithuania. This is a, a pagan festival that has become Christianized, but at its root, it is a massive bonfire festival. It would have been hosted every year by one person in the village. 
everybody brings their winter greens to burn. And this is meant to cleanse and purify the individual homes, the village at large, and specifically to chase away winter vibes and wake up spring vibes. And also, as we have talked about in the last several weeks, we have lots and lots and lots of holidays that are like, no, we are ending the chaos of winter and we are restoring the order of uh, the living world. Damn it. So here yet another holiday doing that. Also uh, from our European friends slash our Orthodox Catholic friends and ancestors, we have Maslanitsa, also known as Cheese Fair Sunday, also known as Pancake Sunday. Um, so from the purely Catholic aspect, this is again another moment of going through the last stores of things and using up uh, the last bits of the dairy, the last bits of uh, this, that, and the other thing, flour that's been stored for several months. So pancakes and crepes and breads and all these other sweet treats would be made, passed out to the poor, and then gobbled down by everybody else as well. But, and also when we dig into the European uh, versions of this, we find deeper the pagan holidays like Maslanitsa, which is dedicated to Lady Maslanitsa, a, a goddess figure of a type um, who represents the coming spring or uh, the ending winter or the crossover of those two moments of energy. Um, Lady Maslanitsa could absolutely be seen as the shifting goddess who is in the process of shifting from the crone into the maiden. Um, and so in uh, various towns that still celebrate this as Maslanitsa and not Cheese Fair or Pancake Sunday, a great straw goddess is built. Um, she is offered pancakes and other sweet treats that are made. Ultimately, this figure is burned and the ashes are shared by everybody in the town and the ashes are, say it with me, taken out to the grounds, right? Taken out to their property, buried in the snow, buried in the earth to promote that virility fertility thing. Um, and also uh, at this time, while this process is happening, folks will bow to each other and forgive each other of uh any trespasses or debts or you know hard feelings or anything from the past energy cycle so here again we have another holiday celebrating this idea of letting the energy go from the past cycle letting the energy run out from the past cycle um and I'm not sure if i've said that exactly i probably have said that specifically but i'll say it again um this whole idea with food and food stores here at the end of in bulk season where we are using up all of this stuff before it goes bad we are also wanting to use up the energy that's also part of the symbolism it's not just like oh this lard that we made six months ago or this you know meat that we cured six months ago or whatever is going to go bad if we don't eat it soon we got to get it out of here but it's also an idea of this is energy from the old energy cycle uh, we don't want to carry that into the new energy cycle. So we want to use it up and get it out of here and kind of empty out the cup completely before we refill it. That also, again, speaks uh, to that idea of purification and all, and then ultimately renewal. Um, that idea of like, we're emptying this out before we bring in the new energy. So what else do we need to get rid of 
uh, and, and deplete and let go of before we start up the new thing. All right, let's move on to March 7th. Alrighty, not much to say about this particular March 7th. We still have our waxing moon hanging out in Taurus. So we are absolutely planting a few little seeds. We're starting a few little projects. Like I said, we want to be focusing on projects that are too simple, that are too easy for us. We are waking up and stretching out the project muscles in our bodies. Um, so we don't want to overwhelm ourselves day one. We want to do something that we absolutely can see the end of um, to, to get back into the practice of doing stuff. We have no astrology of note on this day. So we move directly to the holy days of March 7th and we really don't have much. From our Orthodox Catholic friends and ancestors, we have Clean Monday. And so this is, again, part of our Lenten cycle. And this is where for them, the fasting and the the real heavy food restrictions really, really kick in. By this point, we've used up the flour, we've used up the lard, we've used up the cured meats, we've used up the sugar, we've used up all the stuff that might go bad, and there's just really not a lot left. <laughs> um, so, so we are, you know, and, and how we can, um, again, as I said before, how we can participate in that process in our own house. Um, this is actually something that I really emphasize during in bulk season. I encourage you in whatever ways are healthy and safe for you. Fasting? No, I'm not going to recommend that at all. What I recommend um, is using up whatever food stores you have in your house. Um, and again, why I say in ways that are healthy and safe for you is because this kind of work can trigger some deep freakouts around food insecurity. If you are a person who has experienced food insecurity in your lifetime, you may have some issues with food. It's cool. <laughs> Hi, I'm right here with you. I also have experienced food insecurity in my life and I have issues around food. Um, so that being said, in whatever ways are healthy and safe for you. I encourage you to engage in this. This is absolutely a time of year that I will go through my cupboards and use that can of beans that's been sitting back there forever or use that can of coconut milk that's been sitting back there forever or I've had that bag of lentils sitting around forever. Let me go ahead and make something with it and use it up. I am specifically going through my cupboards, going through my stores and using up old foods. If they've expired, I'm getting rid of them. But if they haven't expired and they've just been in the cupboards or been on the shelf forever, it's time to make something with it. It's time to use it up. Again, we are using up the energy from the old cycle. But also, you know what we're doing? We're setting a very quiet precedent with ourselves that we're not wasting in the future. I am setting the precedent also now with myself that if I bought that thing, I'm going to use it. It's going to get utilized. Um, I'm not going to be throwing my energy into the void as much as possible, right? <laughs> I probably am. But here, <laughs> this gives me an opportunity to kind of claim some of that energy back um, and to put it to good use. If all of that sounds weird, let me frame it in this way. Think about the work that went into getting that can of beans into your cupboard. Don't let that work go to waste. Somebody had to get up at four o'clock in the morning to be on a farm at five o'clock in the morning to harvest those beans. They probably didn't get paid enough to do it, <laughs> right? Uh, then those got 
driven to a factory somewhere. That person probably didn't get paid enough to do that. In the factory, it's gone, you know, there's people running the factory and working there, right? So all of the labor of getting those beans washed, prepped, and put into a can, then somebody's got to package it, then somebody's got to put it on another truck, somebody's got to drive that truck to your local grocery store. Somebody at the grocery store had to unpack a box and put it on a shelf. Another person at the register rang up that can of beans for you, that thing, right? Even if you don't give a shit about the 99 cents that you spent on that can of beans, I want you to think for a moment, what is all of the energy and work that went into getting this thing into my house? Let me honor that work by making some beans and rice tonight. <laughs> Make it a little chilly, something. Uh, let me honor that work. Even if I don't care about the dollar that I spent on the can of beans, doesn't matter to me. But let me honor the work of every person who touched this can of beans before it got to me. Very, very, very important in in bulk season. That thing. Okay. <laughs> Funny how I've managed to turn almost no information to March 7th into a five-minute rant. But hi, welcome. I'm your witch. This is my brand. It's what I do. <laughs> Also on this day from our Catholic friends and ancestors, we have the feast day of Perpetua and Felicitas. These were two women who uh, became Christian martyrs um, or were martyred as Christians, and they oversee mothers and expectant mothers. Very, very similar to the Juno Lucia or Lucina uh, vibes at the beginning of the week. All right, let us move on to March 8th. All right, March 8th, we have a waxing moon entering Gemini. Um, and so this is bringing our process into examining our communication patterns. We're in this waxing moon. Um, we've, we've just moved through Aries. We've just moved through Taurus. Aries is like, hey, what do I still care about? Let me try to remember some of my spiritual fire. Taurus is like, okay, cool. Let me move that into the material world. And like, you know, take ownership of a thing and like have a little project and start to wake up my project management muscles and, and remember what it is to like facilitate a thing again. And now here, Gemini is this Gemini moon is like, okay, cool. And now let me remember, <laughs> how do I talk to people? And what do I want to say? And what do I want to do about that going forward? On the surface, this seems like a really straightforward thing. Um, and maybe it is, maybe I'm making it more complicated than it needs to be. But um, part of this work is thinking about our communication signals and the way that we commit or the ways I should say that we communicate with other people, um, our spoken communication, our unspoken communications, um, all of that stuff. But also I keep thinking about this within the, the context of COVID, um, insofar as, a lot of us have been really removed from the world in uh, important ways. And we've been removed for a really long time. Even those of us who maybe haven't stopped working or who have kids who've had to go back to school or whatever, right? Like you've had, you've still had lots of interaction with the world. There's been all of these modes of socializing and communicating with people that have been completely shut down. Um, Conversely, there have been all these modes of communicating with people that have been overly emphasized, right? The digital realms in particular, 
listening to podcasts, uh, taking classes on, you know, meeting people, having hangouts on Zoom and stuff like that. Um, and so here, I just want to encourage you to kind of think about what have you had to shut down? What have you had to be um, like overly emphasized with in terms of communication patterns, communication styles, modes of communicating, verbal and nonverbal? Um, and what do you want to keep and what do you want to start back up? What do you want new going forward? Um, uh, you know, I don't think COVID is really going to end anytime soon. Also, not a doctor, not a scientist, just a crazy lady on the internet yelling about stuff. But, um, you know, I think that we are about to walk into our fourth wave as everybody's like, it's over again, not still. Hey, <laughs> Um, you know, folks are like, yep, take your masks off, go back to work, go back to school because God bless the economy. Right. Um, so I think that we're probably going to see the repercussions of that. Not going to be fun, but all of that being said, <laughs> um, this is a moment, uh, of moon that is really asking you to kind of think about like, as I move back out into the world again, as I begin to reconnect with people or connect newly with new folks. Um, uh, what's changed for me in, in how I communicate and connect with people and how do I feel about that? And what of these changes do I want to continue with? And what of these changes am I like, nope, that was temporary and we're going to not do this as soon as we can make it different. That thing. Again, maybe I'm overcomplicating this, but it really is strong with me as I think about this moon. Other stuff that could come up with a waxing moon in Gemini are um, relationship dynamics between siblings or people who feel like your siblings, um, your uh, brothers and sisters uh, in whatever capacity. I often think of the people in our lives that are uh, that we would see through our Gemini lens are people that are within arm's reach of us, people we would hug and people that are within arm's reach. But in particular, siblings can also be really emphasized here. Okay, for our lunar body work with this waxing moon in Gemini, we are awakening, activating, adorning, stimulating, and preparing for action the shoulders, the elbows, the wrists, the arms, the hands, and the armpits. Again, these are the parts of the body ruled by Gemini. And we are waking up for action. We are gently stimulating for action. Adorning. So yes, your glitter lotion is a holy act. 100%. Arm day at the gym and getting the pecs sweet, pumped, ripped. That's a holy act. Enjoy. For our plant work on this day, we are harvesting, we're doing pest control, we're doing disease control, we are weeding, we are plowing, and we are pruning above ground. Uh, if you haven't recently, this is also a great day for aerating your soil, which is how I interpret plowing for our um, houseplants, for our indoor plants. Aerate the soil gently. Really, really good stuff. Okay, uh, we have no astrology of note for March 8th. So let us move directly on to our holy days. 
All right, on March 8th, from our modern pagan friends and ancestors and pagan Wheel of the Year calendars, we have Witches Day, International Witches Day, I should say. This is a day for honoring and celebrating witches and witchcraft, past, present, and future. And with our moon hanging out in Gemini, I think this could be a really fantastic day for doing some research, doing some reading, doing some writing about witches, witchcraft, the history of witchcraft, um, you know, pick a subject and and hang out with it for a few hours and gather some information for yourself. Um, who knows what that information could turn into? Hmm. Interesting stuff. Okay. Also on this day, uh, from our global friends and ancestors, we have International Women's Day <laughs> on the same day as Witches Day. I'm sure it's just a coincidence. This is a global holiday celebrated annually on March 8th to commemorate the cultural, political, and socioeconomic achievements of women. And I would also recommend to all of my cisgendered women out there, raise up a trans woman around you. Raise up your non-binary friends on this day as well. Raise up the trans women around you. Your trans sisters need you. Show up for them on this day. If we're really celebrating International Women's Day, let's do it in style. Hmm? Okay. Also on this day, from our Roman friends and ancestors, we have Incidus Navigium or Navigium. This was an annual ancient Roman religious festival in honor of the goddess Isis. The Navigium Isidis celebrated Isis's influence over the sea and served as a prayer for the safety of seafarers and eventually the Roman people and their leaders. It consisted of an elaborate procession, including Isaiah priests and devotees with a wide variety of costumes and sacred emblems, carrying a model ship from the local Isis temple to the sea or a nearby river. Now, what's really trippy is modern carnival resembles the festival of the Navigium Isidus, and some scholars argue that they share the same origin via Carus Navalis, meaning naval wagon, aka a float, later becoming Car Nival. Navalis Nival. There are plenty of people who do not agree with this. There are plenty of people who are like, man, maybe. Um, and then there's a group of people that are like, absolutely, they're totally connected. What I think is really cool is this is yet another you know, multi-part procession with costumes and music and, and floats and all of this crazy stuff. We see it at Saturnalia. We see it at Lupercalia. We see it here at Isidus Navigium um, and, 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 right? We And this is just the Romans, right? We've got all these other groups that are doing big, crazy processions at this time of year as well. So what I think the real big takeaway here is that there were processions throughout the world and throughout time um, at this time of year, again, scaring away the darkness and the chaos of winter and inviting in the order and the vitality, the fertility and virility of spring. But also, side note, uh, hello, sea, ocean connection again this week. Wow. Right? More of that. Very, very cool. Um, and if you're like, wait, ISIS had something to do with the ocean. ISIS had something to do with everything. <laughs> 
<laughs> Isis is a great goddess. And eventually there was an Isis of everything under the sun. There was an Isis of life, Isis of death, Isis of land, Isis of the sea. <laughs> like She took care of it all at some point or another. She was, you know, those responsibilities were eventually added to her name at one point or another. So yes, also an Isis of the sea. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to March 9th. Okay, we have arrived at the end of our lunar week. March 9th, we still have our waxing moon in Gemini. So I'm going to encourage you and challenge you to continue to do that work of checking in on communication patterns, the ways you're thinking, information sources, all of that stuff. What have you learned about how you learn? What have you learned about how you communicate with other people? Um, what have you had to learn? What are you excited to carry forward with that? And what things are you like, I'm doing this for as long as I have to, and I'm going to stop the moment that I can. <laughs> Don't blame you. Um, in astrology, we have on this day, other, other than that, I have nothing to say about the moon. That's it. Uh, okay. So for astrology on this day, we have Mercury entering Pisces. Mercury, of course, is the ruling planet of Gemini. So March 8th, March 9th, getting a lot of extra emphasis in the Gemini vibes, the air vibes. Um, so what do we have when we have Mercury entering Pisces? When Mercury is in Pisces, our thinking processes are more visual. They are more intuitive and definitely more imaginative. We can be especially attuned um, to the world of emotion, uh, which definitely affects how we think about things and how we communicate to other people, right? So it all ties in. Uh, we tend to be a little better at guessing things because our thinking and our intuition are a little closer together. Um, we are also potentially better at expressing ourselves with imagery and making decisions intuitively. So this whole moment of Mercury being in Pisces, the sun hanging out in Pisces, all this Piscean energy, um, something that I often think about in the back of my mind when I'm dealing with Pisces or I'm dealing with the 12th house in a, in a natal chart or in a chart reading, 12th house is connected to the sign of Pisces. These are both places where a lot of things happen that can't be put into words. They are, they are events or thoughts or emotions or experiences that are totally beyond words. Words fail us. They can also sometimes refer to events that we aren't supposed to talk about, quote unquote, um, that we feel shame or embarrassment, perhaps, around talking about things that have, have been secret, that we were told to keep secret or we want to keep secret. And words are just not going to do it for us. So a lot of the work throughout March, um, as you are doing your magical work throughout this entire month, you might really want to rely on art to do the work that words cannot do right now. So this is a fantastic time for expressing yourself visually. You can express to yourself. You don't necessarily have to show anybody this art. This isn't art that's like, let me perform and demonstrate my prowess at my art skills. No, no, no. Get out of here with all of that. This is, let me bust out the colored pencils. Let me bust out the crayons. Let me bust out the watercolors, especially, right, for Pisces, or the pastels, and just make a big smeary blur of color. 
let me just play with color as a means of expressing what is happening for me internally. That thing. Very, very potent stuff. This is one of my favorite ways uh, to build altars, actually. I have a great big uh, biggie pad, is literally what they're called, biggie pads, <laughs> from the art store. It's a gigantic newspaper pad. Um, it's really cheap paper. The pads are very, very cheap. Stuff will go right through it, so it's not meant to necessarily last forever and ever. It's not high-quality paper. Um, and I will dump out a pile of paints and pastels and charcoals and, and colored pencils and crayons and whatever else I can find. Maybe it's, you know, marker pens or whatever. And I will just do wild shapes and wild symbols and wild piles of color and smears of color. And I use that as my altar cloth for the month. Why not? right? It's very of the mode. It's very of the spirit. It's very dialed into the color symbolism of the thing I'm working on. And I don't have to worry about anything else, right? It's this pure expression of this internal landscape. So highly, highly, highly recommend giving it a shot. Um, also, we are attracted to consciousness raising information. So again, this is another really cool way where Mercury slash Gemini energy is intertwining with this Pisces energy here in these last few weeks. Um, this is a fantastic time for doing research, asking for information um, that is, again, consciousness raising, optimistic, inspiring um, remember last week or the week before I was like, read a bunch of sci-fi, read about utopian worlds, read about people who are engaging in, you know, almost unbelievable humanitarian efforts. Continue with that throughout the time of Mercury hanging out in Pisces. Continue to read about people who are like, no, actually we're going to have a completely badass world. Just saying, that's how we're going to do it. Okay. Let us move on to the holy days of March 9th, we only have two from our pagan friends and ancestors and our modern uh, pagan Wheel of the Year calendars. We have the day of Danu slash Mother Goddesses Day. This is a day for celebrating the um, Irish goddess Danu, but as well, any and all mother goddesses from any pantheon around the world can absolutely be celebrated on this day. Um, March in general is sort of the, the beginning of the uh, beings who are pregnant and giving birth at spring thing. Um, so a celebration of that. Also on this day from our Greek friends and ancestors, we have Elaphabolia. And this is the festival that the Greek month, Elaphabolion, is named after that just started at the beginning of this week. Um, this is an ancient Greek festival held in Athens during the month of Elaphabolion, uh, and it was dedicated to Artemis, or Diana, uh, Elaphabolos, the deer slayer. Cakes made from flour, honey, and sesame in the shape of stags were offered to the goddess during this festival, and here also let me point out that we have another holiday happening this week where cake is a key element of what we're doing. Making cakes, um, you know, with honey, sesame, sweet, little sweet treats, right? Little breaded sweet treats as an offering to a deity um, and uh, a sign of the symbol and the uh, season that we're in. 
I'm sure it's just a coincidence, as we like to say here on the podcast. <laughs> All right, let's hit this roundup, shall we? Okie dokie. To recap, our lunar phases this week are moving from Pisces to Gemini, and these are still all mutable signs. So our mutable signs are continuing to carry us through the work of these last four weeks of in bulk and the winter season. For our astrology on this week, on March 2nd, we have... Mars conjunct Saturn in Aquarius at 19 degrees. On March 3rd, we have Mars and Venus conjunct each other and Pluto in Capricorn at 27 degrees. On March 5th, we have the Sun conjunct Jupiter in Pisces at 14 degrees. On March 5th, we have Venus conjunct Mars again or still and entering Aquarius at uh, zero degrees. And on March 6th, we have Mercury square the North Node in Taurus at 24 degrees. We also on March 9th have Mercury entering Pisces. Um, and of course, the week kicking off with a new moon in Pisces. Uh, next week, I don't know, we've got all kinds of stuff. A full moon, a variety of other... No, no, there's not a full moon next week. That's a lie. Uh, next, next week. <laughs> Um, what do we have? We have, uh, the sun conjunct Neptune next week. That's probably going to be the big bell ringer of everything that's going on. We'll get into next week, next week. This week is plenty to think about. Uh, as always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Uh, as I said at the beginning class, I have 175 different classes that I'm offering this month. Please join me. I'd love to see you in class. Um, but, and also, uh, if you're looking for some guidance, um, you want to talk some stuff out, you want to work on your blueprint before we actually dive into the energy of this coming year, book a reading with me. Uh, tarot, astrology, you know, and all of this. <laughs> You've been warned. Blessed be, heathens. <laughs>